0: Now, we're here in the studio with uh, Simon Abrahams, who needs little introduction in the Melbourne art world. Uh, he's the co-founder of Theatre Network Victoria and has worked for pretty much every arts organisation in the city, including the Wheeler Centre, Polyglot Theatre, Arts Centre, and he is now the creative director and CEO of Melbourne Fringe. Simon, hello. Hello, how are you? Hello. Thanks how... for joining us on this lovely Sunday oh, afternoon. My great pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Can you can you tell us a little bit about this new initiative that is designed to reach out to culturally diverse artists that you're involved with?
2: Yeah, I sure can. We actually have a couple. So we have, you might be talking about Compass, which is our inclusive uh, mentorship and workshop program for people with and without disabilities. Okay. So we're really interested in kind of deaf culture in particular, kind of building our awareness um and some kind of cross-cultural understanding there and we also have a a grants program a micro grants program that's about i guess increasing diversity in the festival so uh that's open to aboriginal and torres Strait islander artists to culturally and linguistically diverse artists to queer artists kind of anyone that that yeah, that has a, I guess a,
0: a different view on the world is kind of what we're interested in at Melbourne Fringe. Mm. Yeah. I guess um, being a fringe festival, we were looking at the alternate, alternative side of art. So exactly, it's exactly. Now a little bit broader. Uh, registrations are open for the 2016 Fringe Festival, which is Ooh, exciting. Yeah here we go again. Yeah I can't believe it's this time of year already. Tell us about the registration
2: process. Okay so Melbourne Fringe is completely open access so that means we are uncurated. So anyone and everyone is in the festival who registers. So our job really is is kind of I guess to be a voice for the outsider. Um, You know we think of ourselves as as really being a great kind of Oh, cultural leveller in, in Melbourne. So anyone that wants to put on an exhibition, a theatre show, a spoken word piece, a book reading, an installation, a weird avant-garde dance work, <laughs> something that crosses genres, something at the edges of what we might even call art, welcome to Melbourne Fringe. So anyone can log on, register online online, They can either apply to be in one of the venues that we run, they're all in North Melbourne, they can work with us to be matched to a venue anywhere in the city, or they can bring their own venue, do it in your front yard, I don't care, come come and be part of the festival.
1: Amazing, it's such a fabulous festival, it's really exciting. I was reading that last year you had a record number of attendance, I think it went up like 39%. What do you, what, what do you, how do you explain that? What do you think it was about last year that brought so many people?
2: It's a really interesting question. We've, I mean, we, we've actually seen, in essence, we've had that sentence of this is the biggest fringe ever, I think three years in a row. So it's interesting to see the festival in this period of incredible growth. I think... It is about that sense of kind of self-expression. You know, It's a the kind of political times are, are quite dark in a lot of ways and I think people respond to that. You know, there's less and less funding for the arts than, than there has been previously. I think a lot of individuals are looking to self-present. They, they have things to say and Fringe is a kind of place to do that. And, and I think that's really connecting with audiences as well. So as we kind of see the... I guess the number of acts in the festival grow. We have more venues than ever before. And and I think that is now translating into more audiences as well, which Mm. is great.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the venues in Fringe. So uh, the North Melbourne Town Hall is is the hub of the Fringe Festival and it's an excellent place to be for a few weeks in September. Correct. Uh, What's the difference between uh, the independently sort of owned venues and, and everything in the hub?
2: Oh, good question. So... I guess the the hub and their venues that take over North Melbourne so we're in the Lithuanian Club if you've ever been in there it's this extraordinary such
0: a great room yeah it's
2: extraordinary set of venues that normally is run by the Lithuanian Club which is you know mostly um, frequented by kind of elderly Lithuanians we take over for three weeks and you know they still run the bar which is amazing Um, we can get in there and have this fantastic Lithuanian spirit called a Kruppnika yeah Um, (laughs) but the rest of the time we fill it with art and then we Take over the North Melbourne Town Hall and and Errol's Cafe across the road. And, And so they're spaces where we program 60 minute shows. They've got a very quick turnaround, so as an audience member, you can come in and see lots of different works, and then we, we run a big club there as well, which is... Um, always a th- lot of fun. Always a <laughs> lot of fun. I have seen you there in the wee hours of
0: the morning. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> now, the registrations, if you're interested in taking part in the hub, close very soon, am They close am I right? t- tomorrow, tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Right, so yeah. you've got about 24 hours to get those in. Correct. Excellent. It won't
2: take you very long. You can do it all online. There's a families program if you want to make work for children, or there's an adults program and they will close tomorrow. But you've still got another month after that if you want to put a work on anywhere else. So, you know, we have venues like the Butterfly Club in the city where people make cabaret, present cabaret work, Tuxedo Cat where they do all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Uh, There's a brand new space this year at... Uh, the meat market, which okay. is also in North cool. Melbourne, oh. yeah. So that That's space exciting. is, is going to be, become Emerald City, the Emerald City for the for the awesome. time of Fringe. And they're doing circus and cabaret and visual arts and all sorts of things in there. There's circus all the way out in uh, Gasworks. There'll be theatre at Theatre Works. There's things happening at Footscray Community Arts Centre, Hawthorne Town Hall, you name it.
0: You're listening to ArtsWitten on Sin Nation. Now, Simon, this is uh, your second year as creative director slash CEO. Tell us about how it's been so far. You in that role and how you kind of because you've come from a lot of different roles around Melbourne in programming and producing and that kind of thing.
2: I have, yeah. I mean, it, it is my second year. Uh, in some ways, it feels like it's my first festival mm. because I actually didn't program the last festival. Okay. So I think I started, you know, exactly a year ago. Um, now, right. And so our kind of creative program, you know, it was all sort of locked in, and and a lot of the structures that we ask artists to respond to were kind of done. So. I got to do a few little bits and pieces, but yeah. in some ways I feel like, you know, when you see the Fringe Festival this year when we launch it, we'll launch in August and we're on in September, in some ways it will look quite different, I think. I feel like, you know, I've really been able to work a lot of my personality into this one. Great. You know, not the Fringe that you know and love is there. You, there's We haven't sort of thrown <laughs> the baby out with the bathwater, but in some ways I feel like this is the first time I've really been able to sink my teeth into it. It's a very different beast too, of course, because it is open access, mm. you know, and I've come, as you say, from places like the Wheeler Centre and the Arts Centre. You know, when you've got a giant spire, it is um, (laughs) as kind of programmed and curated and slow-moving as you can possibly imagine Mm. to go to a place that is fast-paced and responding to things that are happening in the world right now. Uh, yeah, you, they're kind of as far from each other as, as possible. Yeah, it's a pretty imagine. extraordinary place to be.
0: Can you give us any kind of hints about what might be happening that might be new here in this year's Fringe Festival? No, but <laughs> I can tell you... <laughs> Look, I had to try. What, what can
2: I tell you? We're really... We're making more work ourselves okay. in terms of kind of our free public art program, I think, will be quite exciting. So, you know, we've gone for some kind of big, large-scale public artworks and then some yeah really focusing on on families and the way that kind of the community can rally and respond to what we're doing hmm. alongside yeah a bigger revitalized club program cool and as i say some some think of the things that we're doing that we've we've always done and we're just doing them a bit more a bit better a bit bigger
0: and a little bit differently excellent
1: Fabulous. And I know that cultural diversity is a big one for you. It I'm is. I'm wondering how you see the Melbourne art scene sitting at the moment in terms of its cultural diversity. I guess more broadly, um, how well are we doing? Where do we need to step up in that area?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I think we're not doing very well mm. is, is the answer to that. You know, I, I sit in a lot of conversations where we tend to have the same comment over and over again, where we look around the room, we tend to see a lot of, you know, white faces, there, yeah, there, there is a, a kind of self-perpetuating problem and then we program for ourselves and then our own communities come and see the work. And, and so at Fringe we've been particularly interested in this idea of invitation, of really trying to break down some of those access barriers, working with some partners to do that. You know, we're not alone in doing that. Some of our other peers are as well, but, you know, broadly the big end of town, I guess, in terms of the arts, are, are not hugely interested. They tend to play a lot of lip service to it. So th- the result of that, I, I think... Is as a sector, as an industry, we have a very long way to go to truly kind of, I guess, represent the diversity of the Australian population mm. on stage in, in the work that we're creating.
1: Mm. Do you you think that's a sort of a cultural problem? Do you think that the more exposure we get to more sort of culturally diverse, the more it'll become part of our taste? I I do. I
2: mean, obviously the the problems are are complex. If there was a simple solution, someone would have found it. I mean, I I think part of the problems are in, you know, systemic barriers to access, which Mm. is meaning that audiences don't necessarily – some people don't see – our arts institutions as a place that they belong or a place that they feel comfortable or a place that they've been welcomed. I think we, we see... That, that kind of confirmation bias coming through in grant applications, in um, jobs that were given, that I, I think means that a lot of culturally diverse young artists don't get the same kind of opportunities and the same kind of experiences that other people might. And so, you know, sometimes the work isn't as strong and therefore kind of doesn't get programmed. Sometimes the work is as strong and still doesn't get programmed. Mm. So I, I think we see a lot of really complex issues. And I, I think if there was a a simple solution we would have found it as I say at Fringe we're really I guess in some ways we're we're a grassroots organisation so we're able to, to fling open the doors and say come along bring your community make your work we don't make judgments about perceived kind of issues of quality or of status or of experience we kind of welcome everyone I acknowledge that's not the philosophy of every other organisation, nor should it be, but it is a, a, a genuine problem that
0: is going to take you know de- decades to fix. Mm. I think.
1: Mm. Absolutely.
0: Now, let's talk a bit about Fringe festivals a bit more broadly, Mm. I guess. I'm I'm really interested because, you know, Fringe has been going, Melbourne Fringe has been going for quite a while now. It's been going for 34 years. 34 years. And uh, they started as this sort of alternative to the mainstream arts festivals all around the world.
2: Yeah, Melbourne Fringe actually didn't. So, interestingly, Melbourne Fringe predates the Melbourne Festival. Yeah, right. There you go. So, Melbourne Fringe, so we're 34, they're 30. And we grew out of... The Pram Factory, for those of you who know your Melbourne theatre history, (laughs) and at the closure of the Pram Factory in the early 80s, um, a group of artists came together and wanted to create a celebration of alternative and independent art.
0: It's interesting, I think, now that you look at like Adelaide Fringe and Edinburgh Fringe, and these are some of the biggest arts festivals in the world. Um, Do you think there's still this place for fringe festivals when they are becoming almost the mainstream themselves?
2: Well, those two are so interesting because of that reason, because, exactly as you say, they started Mm. after their main festival as a response to the Mm. festival for artists who felt excluded by those festivals, and they have now overtaken those festivals. Mm. Edinburgh's the biggest in the world and Adelaide's number two. So it is absolutely fascinating to see that. And, of course, they started only showcasing, I guess, alternative art. And actually, in both of those cases, they now produce quite commercial, quite mainstream art. So now you almost need a fringe to the fringe. (laughs) And, And in Edinburgh, we've seen that happen. It hasn't happened so much in Adelaide, but... I'm sure it will as it as it grows. But in Edinburgh, there's you know there's the Free Fringe and Forest Fringe, and there are these kind of yeah fringes to the fringe because the fringe is so um, <laughs> mainstream. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating. So it just kind of and now we've seen interestingly in Edinburgh, where Fergus Linehan has, has taken over. He's run the Sydney Festival, and he's now in in Edinburgh in the main Artifarty Festival, and they're starting to program much more contemporary, innovative work to the point that you almost can't see the difference between the two festivals mm. at all. It's absolutely fascinating. Um.
0: So how, what would your advice be for an independent artist wanting to go to a, a fr- any fringe festival to compete with those kind of more mainstream marketing budgets and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, I would say the
2: fringe festivals are very different to each other. Mm. So Melbourne is incredibly different to Adelaide to of Perth, course. for example. So I really would encourage artists to think about where they fit and at what what might be the right festival for them. So in Melbourne, for example, you know, we're an indoor festival. We play in theatres predominantly. So we're a great place for kind of people who make innovative or experimental theatre work. In Adelaide, say, or in Perth, they have a great stand-up comedy scene and a great kind of contemporary circus scene. So... You know, I think in some cases that may be a great a great place for people because they work predominantly in tents and people drink a lot.
0: <laughs> and so if
2: yours is the kind of show that does well by being in a, you know, in a tent where it doesn't matter that you can hear, you know, music playing next door and someone vomiting out the front and possibly in your front row, and some kind of work <laughs> does do really well in that circumstance, <laughs> then that's great, you know. But for some people they need a serious space or a, you know, and in that case, I, I would say don't go there. But it, it really depends what your kind of main interest is.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think it is time for our Exquisite Corpse um, fun. So this is our ongoing story that we tell throughout the season. So I'm going to give you a line and I'm going to ask you to come up with the next line to the story. Sure. So, that hand was red and it picked up a terracotta brick. That
2: hand, did you say?
1: That hand I you said was ham. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Read it to me one more time, and then I'll keep going. That hand was red, and it picked up a terracotta brick. it,
2: oh, it uh, <laughs> vanished into thin air before materializing in South Africa.
0: Excellent. And you'll be able to hear the uh, full exquisite corpse at the end of this season in a couple of months' time. Simon Abrahams, thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday afternoon. It's been a pleasure, as always. My pleasure. See you soon.